For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Yo, what's the deal, Panther fans? It's a dub. Third dub in a row makes it a streak. 23-16, to 16, the Panthers go on the road and beat the... The Falcons, for the first time in Atlanta since 2014, I think I saw that. They flashed that up on the screen. I know that Atlanta has won eight out of the last nine, make it eight out of the last ten, but the Panthers have won the first one since 2017. All those numbers swirling around in my head, and all I can say is, man, this Panthers team is just sound all around right now. Uh, they're playing well on defense. Mike Davis is a mean, mean man who delivered the pink slip to Dan Quinn today, likely. And the Carolina Panthers continue to roll and get better from week to week. And the Falcons continue to suck. It's the C3 Panthers postgame show. And uh, we want you to be a part of it. The number's 252 228 My man, Cody Lashney in the house. How you doing? Tony Dunn, what's going on, man? It's, uh, we're doing another post-game show, man. Panthers are surprising everybody. They're looking like a well-coached football team. They seem to have found that specific juice that's specific to them. They know how to operate the offense well. The defense is looking better and better. Uh, there's a lot to like, man. And as always, we're going to react with the best Panther fans in all of YouTube. Jeremy Clancy, Underground West, Mr. Froth. Tim Tizzy, Josh J. Dub Dubrelli. What's going on with you, bro? Mike Vela, Joe Riolano, even Brandon Herbert. Hey, man, ain't nothing to it but to do it, Tony Dunn. Let's roll. Lots of fans in the chat room already uh, excited about this. It's a Steve Burline jersey, by the way, just as a heads up. Uh, throwback, throwback jersey. And um, CK's in the house. What's up, Cody? You know, doing good, doing good. Watching this game and... You can't help but smile when you see Mike Davis just truck over 17 guys every play that he gets the ball. Like, it'd be different if it was, like, one play a game, maybe two. Like, like he is doing what Marshawn Lynch did, but I feel like even more consistently, you know, against these defenders, man, he is incredibly uh, strong with his runs. And, uh, man, I'm sitting there watching, and I just can't help but laugh while he's running over these guys just thinking – what do we have in this running back right now? 
Yeah, um, I just put up a clip of um, the video of him where he catches that little screen pass, mm -hmm. and you go, oh, man, the guy is going to – it was right after DJ Moore made that great play and ran out of bounds. Like So he mm -hmm. caught the ball, gets the first down, then just goes directly out of bounds to preserve the clock we needed. And then Mike Davis gets the ball in the middle of the field, and you're like, man, we're going to have to call a timeout here. No, this mug trucks like seven dudes and then still gets out of bounds. Like, it was crazy. He carried the load for this team. And honestly, let's just go ahead and say it. He carried the load today. Not that anybody else was bad or good or exceptional. Mike Davis was the most exceptional player on the field today, in my opinion. Greg, the stat daddy in the house, man of many podcasts, welcome back to the show. Thank you, sir. Always a good time to be here. And, you know, touching on what y'all were saying, the Mike Davis thing is definitely something we need to bring up tonight because, or today, this afternoon, because, uh, you know, I wonder, I question the offensive line and I question the, uh, the, the, not, not necessarily the talent of Christian McCaffrey, because I know, I still think he's the most talented running back in the NFL, but how much better does this make our offensive line look that we have a guy, a no name guy, Mike Davis, coming in and, running the ball well and good protection with Teddy Bridgewater. It's it's a big issue to talk about tonight, so I'm ready to do it. Well, yeah, a lot of football. good things to say about this offensive line two mm -hmm. weeks in a row. Russell Okun mm -hmm. coming back, playing well. In fact, Russell Okun got a carry today. He carried um, Curtis Samuel one time for like six yards. And uh, that was an awesome play as well. We want you to be a part of the Longest Running Panthers podcast. We're live on Tuesday nights. That's the long-form podcast. But after the games, we're here, and you can be a part of the show by calling in at 252-228-5098. Go ahead and smack that thumbs up button. Smack it. Smack it like we smacked the damn Falcons around today, right? Smash it like Mike Davis smashed it down their throat today. Go ahead and subscribe to the C3 Panthers podcast. All right, um, let's go ahead and jump into the game. I'm waiting for the NFL game book to come up. It is slow. That's usually up immediately. The Panthers win 23-16. to Teddy Bridgewater goes 27 for 37 with 313 yards and two touchdowns today. Mike Davis had uh, 89 rushing yards and tacked on another... 60 receiving yards. And I would uh, go ahead and say this. Robbie Anderson had a quiet 112 yards. Eight catches, 112 yards. He is the leading receiver in Panthers history through five games right now. Right? Like That's nobody has had better numbers than him. And Robbie Anderson could have had 11 catches today. For 150, and that's with no deep ball, homie. Does it seem like he gets he kind of quietly gets a, has a good game every game? So he's far, had a, he's like, had a great game every week. Very quietly, you know. Yeah. Like you said, it, it, it's insane. Like I don't even think about it. I look up, and all of a sudden, he's over 100 yards or close to it. And I'm like, wow. Well, let me say this: before the season, we all knew and felt like one of the better aspects of this football team was going to be our receiving core. And man, I'd be damned if we weren't right. Like they are showing out, man. I I, I think uh, I forget the guy's name. One of the commentators for the game today made it a point, and he said that the coaching staff feels that they have two number one wide receivers. And I think that he was right in saying that, and I think our coaches are right. In believing that, I think that DJ Moore truly is special. When he was drafted, his 
yards after the catch ability on film from Maryland was incredible. And he's done nothing but improve on that year after year after year and become a better route runner. And DJ could have even had a bigger game today than what his stat line would have you believe. Uh, and then you have Robbie Anderson. And listen, uh, I, you know, I criticize Teddy Bridgewater for not being an aggressive passer. But whenever he does have to get aggressive, you can trust it's going to Robbie Anderson. And how about this, man? You can trust he's coming down with it. He had a beautiful one-handed catch along the sideline today. Uh, and, and he just made a play on the football. The DB was in tight coverage. It was just a great play. I think this receiving core for the Carolina Panthers is legitimate. And now you're seeing what happens when you have a good offensive coordinator that can really scheme those weapons into advantageous matchups. There are some strange parts about this game, right? This passing game with how dynamic we think it could be is that DJ Moore, even though he had four catches for 93 yards today, you know, he took that one to the house. It was like a three-yard pass, and he took it to the house. Curtis Samuel's actually been more involved than DJ Moore, it seemed like, in this game, despite that one big pass. And again, the Panthers cannot get a tight end involved in the game plan at all. Why are these – it's just kind of a strength while it's being successful – and it is successful. Robbie Anderson being a possession receiver, uh, Curtis Samuel being a running back and a short yardage receiver, and DJ Moore really not being involved is not what we would have scripted out three months ago. No. Well, I mean, what I'm going to say about that is I think it's less to do with DJ Moore. And, and that the one play we're going to play that just kind of puts almost a button on the you know, Teddy Bridgewater's and, and, and people want to say that we're saying Teddy Bridgewater sucks. I don't think anybody on this panel has said that he sucks. Never. We just don't want him to be our long-term answer in, mm-hmm. in Carolina is the issue. And so, because we don't believe he is the person who's going to get us over that hill of the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, let's take that out of the equation. That one pass where it was, it was man coverage, or for whatever, there was a blitz, blitz, a blitz coming from the left side. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater literally looked at one receiver and one receiver only. And the and, and much to the dismay of, of our stat line, he had a wide open DJ Moore to the left. Now, people want to claim that he was being pressured. You can't, you know, he was just trying to get the ball out quick. He didn't even know the pressure was coming. The pressure was coming from the blind side that he didn't even know was there. He had his eyes on Robbie Anderson the entire time. So, uh, nonetheless, like I said, I think that Teddy Bridgewater did a very good job of being efficient, distributing the ball. But I think it's more to say about how much our team wants us. I'm going to I'm gonna say maybe something that's controversial. We wouldn't have won today without Curtis Samuel. And I'll tell you why. He called mm. the third count down conversions. He was always in the, he was in the backfield. And... I, if, nobody wants to give him credit. They finally did on the broadcast eventually. He was the only reason DJ Moore got that touchdown. Because he was uh, down. Oh, yeah, he did, the, he did throw a nice block there. I think that DJ – I do think that DJ is part of the problem. And when I say part of the problem yeah. is I don't think he's been playing with a lot of confidence this season. He has struggled. We've put him in some tough places. And when I say that is that he's had to make some tough catches in these slant routes where he's going to get blasted. 
and he hasn't really done it, right? And then, um, oh gosh, Brandon Herbert, will you just settle down for a second? Take a damn volume and chill out, homie, before you say you don't know football and this and that. We all watched it, man. Don't worry. Um, sorry, distracted. <laughs> Distracted, yeah. man. Just take a chill pill. <laughs> I'm about to uh, tag him on Twitter. But the the point that I'm trying to make is this: is that DJ has not necessarily been playing with the greatest confidence, and I don't know if that's part him playing poorly, part us not putting him in great situations, or whatever it may be. Robbie Anderson has been playing with great confidence. I thought that that touchdown pass today, where we get DJ involved, Curtis Samuel does make an important block down the field there or at least opens the space up that's very important for getting dj in a headspace where he can get better from week to week because if we can start getting him the ball in open space more then you expect things to happen right Mm -hmm. now teddy for us people that don't know anything about football brandon herbert here is teddy bridgewater's first half stat line which was the second most in um Panthers history oh by the way for us that don't know anything about football I'm wearing a Steve Berline jersey the guy that did it the most was Steve Berline and that was versus the uh, the 49ers and that was like 20 years 25 years ago but you don't know two, football, don't 261 passing yards by Teddy Bridgewater in the first half is the most in the first half this season in the NFL <laughs> second most passing guards in the first half by any Panthers in QB history. So Teddy got uh, Teddy was look, he didn't turn the ball over today. He had two passing touchdowns and I think the play calling continued to be just right on the money. Uh, I will say though, is that Teddy did not have or demonstrate the ability to push the ball down the field and mm-hmm. if he can't do it, then that's fine. We just have to admit it, right? I mean, or we don't even have to admit it. Is that this? Is that I think that the Panthers staff has admitted it. There's a couple of things that are going on. Either the offensive line is so bad that we can't get deep balls into the mix, which I don't believe that since they have played very well in the last two weeks, right? B, that the looks have not been there, or C, that we're not really trying to cultivate that game because it's not necessarily the strength of our team. And if that's the case, then you tell me this, that Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, and DJ Moore aren't deep threats, or Teddy isn't a deep threat. I'm just sorry. Is that? And look, is that, hey, I don't want to sit him. I want him to keep winning. But I just saw this is the Panthers offense is going to try to win a different way. And it worked. It's worked two weeks in a row now. And by the way, can I just add on to that? That it's a uh, a method that has literally won Super Bowls yeah. and have Super Bowl uh, uh, producing teams. I mean, honestly, mm. I think our offense looks like uh, it reminds me a lot of uh, the 49ers last year. And I've always said that we've always want uh, we want uh, uh, Teddy Bridgewater to basically be Jimmy Garoppolo, and that's a high level game manager. I I feel like I know that's who Teddy Bridgewater is, 
And the problem is that's fine. If you say that, people automatically, aka Brandon Herbert, <laughs> think that you're saying Teddy Bridgewater sucks. No one is saying Teddy Bridgewater sucks. Teddy Bridgewater is operating this offense very efficiently. He's getting the ball in the hands of his playmakers. They're not asking him to do a whole lot because we don't need to do a whole lot. DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and Curtis Samuel and now add Mike Davis to that. We have a dynamic group of weapons. You even saw Ian Thomas start to get involved a little bit in the action sparingly. But no, he didn't even didn't have a catch. He dropped it, dude. Didn't he? Oh, that is right. He did drop that. Didn't one. have a catch. Okay, the right. tight end. Yeah. I don't think. I think again, as we look at these plays and the way they're being called, maybe it tells us a little bit about our personnel and what we think our strengths are. And right now, we don't yeah. think tight end is a strength. We don't think that Teddy Bridgewater going deep is the strength. But instead, spreading them out, creating holes that way. Right, but I also think it's because they want that shifty nature to our offense. This offense is built on yards after catch. Guys that are going to make moves with the ball in their hand and be able to juke a guy out of his shoes and make a play. And I think that's why we, you don't see a lot of tight ends. Um, I, I think as the years go on and as we see a little more of Joe Brady, you'll probably see new facets and new wrinkles to this offense that we might not have with this personnel right now. Yeah. Well, to what you're saying right there, Cody, about this offense is made for yards after catch, doesn't that kind of demoralize the, the enormous amounts of yards we see from Teddy Bridgewater every week? I mean, granted, he's making the throws, but if you get if you make a 10-yard pass and you get 90 yards out of it, is that really the quarterback throwing the ball earning 90 yards well yeah and honestly that's why the stats do look good for for teddy there aren't a whole bunch of force it plays where he's forcing it into tight windows or throwing it deep down the field and yeah that does count for yards for teddy bridgewater when dj moore takes it 57 yards and and takes it to the house and and again like people hear that and they think oh these dudes hate teddy bridgewater no, we're telling you what actually is, and we're telling you what our coaches know this team to be because they're calling plays that leads us to continue to believe these things, and it's working. It's just like whenever you have a rushing quarterback who rushes for 115 yards in a game, and everybody says, oh, well, he only threw for 150. Yeah, but he rushed for 115. So if you're right. going to give him the credit for the yards the receivers earned, why don't you give him the credit for the yards they ran? Yeah. And I want to say this. I want to say this whole Brandon Herbert argument in the chat room uh, parallel, should I say, between Tom Brady is a big turd argument, Brandon. First of all, you're comparing a 43-year-old quarterback to a 26-year-old quarterback. Second of all, Tom Brady didn't just happen to throw 23 touchdowns to Randy Moss in 2007, 11 more in 2008, and another 13 more in 2009. Wish for a combined, I don't know, 25 3,800 yards to one receiver <laughs> or whatever, yeah. like some crazy yeah. shit. Like he had 14, yeah, come on, a long 74, long 46, long 62. Come on, man. Is that this? Is that it's not? Look, Teddy, Teddy's game resembles an Alex Smith type game to me a little bit. Yeah. Yes. yes, absolutely. But that's, that's why what I mean. Teddy. That's yeah. why I talk about it. I mean, Alex Smith is is the the nice kid you bring home to to your parents, but do you end up marrying him? 
Like, I mean, or no. Actually, that's kind of who you do, marriage. You just want to. That's who you're supposed to. But he's not. No, what I mean is uh, (laughs) something different. Anyway, but no, he's he's just like, he gets the job done, but he doesn't ever get you there, right? Like, you may marry him, but at the end of the day, you're going to end up divorced because he's not satisfying your needs, right? Well, yeah. And here's my honest opinion. I don't know if you guys agree or disagree, and I'm sure I'll get crap for this, too. Um, I think that the the teams that we beat have also had a lot to do with it. But once we start, and you know what? I even like our chances against Chicago. Hell right yeah. Now, I would We're about a, to win four I would, in a row. I would have a favored against Chicago right now. I'm picking us to beat the Bears. My problem is, is we have to avoid getting into shootouts. Now there's a good. That's a, that's a, the case. That is certainly the case, and we were able yeah. to do that today. Right, and that's why I'm saying it is hopeful. And one of the things I feel like we haven't touched on enough right now is I feel like the defense continues to play better in situational football. Like they'll they'll bend and break a little bit, but for the most part, like the defense came up when plays needed to be had. And I feel like you're finally starting to see what Phil Snow's vision for this defense is. And it's just a fast, aggressive 4-3 that wants to stop the run and play uh, a lot it's of zones. It's a 4-3 uh, from, like, after the second half. It's like a 3-5-3 three, three in the <laughs> – or whatever yeah, it is I mean, in the first quarter. Here, I got some comments about this. First, you, you're right on the money. The defense is starting to make plays at opportune times, right? And looked a little sluggish to start the game. And I said, uh, I tweeted, it was uh, the end of the, it was in the second quarter. And I tweeted out, the Panthers' defense needs to make a play. And what happens? Brian Burns causes a fumble. Justin Burris about picks it up. It, even though we don't get it and pick it up, we get the ball back and then we go down and score. I'm pretty sure we went and scored on that drive. Right? The defense made plays there. Um, what you saw is that they were not cons- – really part of the problem for the Falcons is that they just refused to stick with Todd Gurley. They should have just ran the ball like every mm-hmm. down. I mean, they were having much more success with that. It was Matt Ryan that lost them that game. I mean, not lost them that game. We played well, so I'm happy with that. But our defense, a lot of guys are stepping up and being part of the equation. Other things I observed in this game, KK Short was making a difference in this game. So that means he got injured again too? Yeah, yeah. He was out for the last couple of drives with the shoulder injury. Shoulder? Dang. It was his foot before. And then we also had Brian Burns with some sort of injury. I don't know what it is yet. A concussion but his brother is saying that it wasn't a concussion, but he's probably he's probably exhibiting concussion symptoms, but they're, it's not actually a concussion. So. He was laying down on his stomach. You saw him, and almost like you wonder if he got the wind knocked out of him. That could have been something, but you're right. It, could have, it did look like he took some helmet-type action. You know what I mean? He was getting there thudded down there. Dante Jackson hurts his toe in the beginning. but First play, I think. Yeah. Um, in fact, at what the, point? Well, I was gonna say, at what point do we start having this conversation about Dante Jackson? I feel like every single game that we play, and by the way, mind you, for two years I've been one of the biggest Dante Jackson defenders on this podcast because I remember watching him at LSU, thinking that he showed a ton of talent and potential. 
But now, not only has he played undi- undisciplined in his time here, but now every single game he's coming up hurt, coming up with an ankle or a toe. Or it's like, I, I don't know, man. So much of being a good football player is being available. That's and if the you're truth. not available, you're not, you're not helping this football team. And that says to me that even though we drafted all defense this year, we're, we have some serious holes even still, Dude, we could use a left tackle, tackle or a corner, man. Like, we could use that in the draft. Like, if we had a CUDA, this – all right. All right, but on another, more positive notes, though, for this defense is um, – who's the guy that we got from the Eagles? D- Russell Douglas. He's been Russell. playing fantastic. Yeah. He's been yeah. fantastic. Um, I think that the defensive line is is improving from week to week. Again, another Derrick Brown penalty. It's like, it, you know what? It's the first game that Dante Jackson plays the entire game will be the first game that Derrick Brown doesn't get a penalty. <laughs> Tim Ginger says we have Eli Apple. So basically that means we have nothing. Yeah, um, we have nothing yeah, at all. Uh, we, don't, we don't have a corner one. We don't have a corner two. And that – so uh, – like what you're starting to notice is our defensive line, our defensive line is actually nasty, and we have a good rotation. Like we have guys that can sub in and sub out. We're getting nicked get up though. We're we're really starting to get nicked up right yeah, now. I'll say this, and then I'll pass the mic and stop rambling. Uh, even though it got hurt today, Brian Burns is my favorite player on this whole football team. Like whenever you watch that guy. Uh, uh, just attack the quarterback. Like he's so good with his hands. He's so aware. He knows the little setups and moves. Like I feel like I'm actively watching him get better in real time, and it's just fun and it's exciting. And it sucks that he got hurt today because Brian Burns is just a G man. I'm loving yeah. it. Yeah, there's some people that are that are definitely starting to earn my. My uh, moving up the ranks as far as favorite Panthers players, and and uh, it's gonna be right up there at the top is gonna be Burns. It's gonna be Chin. Like I mean, guys, I I don't think what I like most about what I saw today was as bad as our linebackers are, which nobody can argue that, right? We can sit there, you know, they were eating us alive across the middle. Like there were just people wide open. I mean, it was our linebacking core is not good. No matter what, you can look at Shaq, it's not good. But yeah. Jeremy Chin was always there at the end of every play trying to do something. Every time. Like you saw his 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 motor, it reminds me a lot of Luke where he was always there when the play comes to an end. Somewhere, Whether it's 20, 20 uh, yards down the field or if it's five yards in the backfield. He was always there today. Um, and he's leading the team again in tackles today. You know, assuming that was the last stat I saw. But uh, Jeremy Chin is... Is a pickup and a half. Chin check you. Chin check you. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go ahead and jump into the calls. The number's 252-228-5098. Let's see what the Panther fans have to say about this win. It's a streak, folks. Get excited. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty sh- You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels two, good. Like and a three and a four and a Who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose? Yo, C3, what's up, guys? This is Nova Black. I'm just calling Nova Black. Love you guys. Seven wins again. I'm not sure, man. Just 
makes us like what? Number one, number two in the NFC South uh, with this win right here. I mean, you know, the Falcons choked and all, but uh, we, we got to play better if we plan on to contend or make it to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But I got hope for the playoffs. Hopefully we keep getting better every week. Defense keep getting better every week. Can Dante Jackson stay healthy? Damn, can anybody stay healthy? Anyway, keep pounding, guys. We got another win. Catch you guys next week or Tuesday, you know, the weekly show. I'll definitely be listening, tuning in, and sharing because I don't have to work. So, love you guys. Over and out. My man, Nova Black, legend among Panther fans and legend among the C3 show. Let's keep pounding with these calls. What's up, y'all? It's Darius from Raleigh. I want to give up, a Darius? huge shout-out to this coaching staff. Um, I don't even think what I'm about to say is controversial. Controversial. We would not be 3-2 and two with all the adversity we faced this offseason, all this these new faces, if Raw Rivera was still here. Let's be honest. Go look at what Redskins fans are complaining about and what we've been complaining about since his tenure in Carolina, and that's clock management. This coaching staff right here is the reason we are 3-2. and two. They are playing hard for these coaches. One thing I want to point out is how many times did we complain about missed opportunities <laughs> when people were streaking down the field but wide receivers were giving up on blocking down the field, cough, cough, punches, cough, cough, Kelvin Benjamin, and the list goes <laughs> on. It all comes down to coaching, guys, and all I see us is we're, we're, we're going up from here because I, I don't think any of us expected to be three and two. With all these, all this new face, all these new faces, um, but like we say, let's just keep pounding. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Is um, a lot of a lot of kudos to the coaching staff. I think um, you can see it on so many different levels too. Right? Is that you can see it on individual the small things like where our receivers are blocking down real hard. And that seems to be something that has been prioritized. Maybe it's a little toughness aspect to the team. I'm not sure. We have not seen uh, any real egregious game errors for this co- for this coaching staff. We have not seen, and what I think is most important, is that there's been times where it did not look like the Panthers prepared for the other team that well. And this was kind of Ron Rivera's style and maybe it's an okay style I don't know if it's right or wrong I just don't think the coach gets you many wins this way is he was going to play the same game no matter what opponent he played you know it's like this is the game we play and this is how we're going to win and they're going to have to beat us well when we look at some of these other coaches across the league at least I think Bill Belichick being the number one mastermind of this is that not only does he coach his team that way, but he coaches his team in preparation for the strengths and weaknesses of his opponent. I haven't, I'm not ready to say that we've started to attack weaknesses crazily, but we have not looked one note as a team uh, in this. Joe Brady has a continued to be balanced without being too conservative, and the defense is getting better from week to week. That shows, you know what, good coaching and players getting better. And, you know, I mean, the players got to play, but the coaches aren't getting in the way. Right. Hey, real quick, this is kind of away from the con- I just want to ask real quick because I'm putting something together. How many CRs do you say Bridgewater threw for in the first half? 260. Like, 
260. Okay. I got something to bring up later after we get done talking about What that. are you talking about? 50 yards in the second half? <laughs> I'm talking about 50 yards and 50 yards in the second half and three points. Yes. Yeah. I'll bring that up in a while. But let's praise also, let's praise him for a great first half, but 50 yards and three points in the second half. Let's let's also I mean, like I said, I'm not gonna shit on Teddy Bridgewater because this is a win that I think is impressive, but mm-hmm. I'm also interested to see what his second half staffs second half stats are with receptions and uh and completions because yeah but also factor in this you're ahead significantly and mike davis was and running the clock down too he was picking up eight yards a chunk so why go away from it you know i mean is that just but uh interesting numbers two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight hey guys joey again and dante dante Dante, my God, like, can you please play one game in full? Like, if you know your toe's bad, stop coming into games. Like, dude, I know you're, like, I know you're uh, uh, important, but that's why you shouldn't be coming into games. You know you're going to get hurt and let that turf toe recover because, Honestly, it's getting annoying with Dante keeps getting hurt every game, and now Ridley's <laughs> kicking our ass in the uh, third quarter. About to be the fourth. Yeah. I mean, we, we'll hope for Atlanta to blow our, their lead when they get it, because that would be a new low for them, actually, which, which, which would be quite glorious for them to take the lead and blow the lead in the fourth quarter. Like, that, that would be glorious, but... I mean, your greatest ability is availability, and right now Dante not being available kind of makes him look like he sucks. So, Mm. and I know he doesn't. He's gotten a lot better under Matt Rule, and he, you know, he's been one of our better defensive players. I mean, our whole defense has stepped up better than we expected him to, but Dante needs to sit until he's better because we can't keep losing him and we can't keep having to scramble in games. The problem is, is we need him. And this was one of the things is we already gambled a little bit. Thanks for the call, Joe. Here, actually, he might, we got to get the rowling. Great too, but I think Jackson is a huge boy. That's getting to be a problem. And it's annoying me anyway, guys. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, it's the thing is, it is annoying, but you know, you really can't control injuries. He's battled through a lot here. To be honest, think about this if we didn't have Russell Douglas, how bad it would be. Yeah, it'd be bad, man. We'd have to go pick up somebody. And and you know what I find you know what I find funny like how we were just talking about the difference between first half and second half with Bridgewater. So like we can do the same thing with Marty Herney now. Oh man, thank God Marty Herndon went and got Russell Douglas, man, because hey, our DBs would be getting even more close well, to that's they part are. of but that's part you know, of you do have to do that as a GM. You yeah, have to make mid back the other way and and look at his first option. Which was Eli, uh, Eli, Eli, Eli Apple, who has yet to play any meaningful football or do. Well, his hamstrings have so, exploded. Man. He has two broken hamstrings. Um, I look. The Panthers were not clearly trying to invest in the secondary this off season, right? I'm just saying this is that, and they put a lot of stock 
and the guys that they had and hoping that they were going to be able to tough it out. It sucks. I mean, you knew this was a big risk because Dante is a smaller dude. It's kind of like, you know, putting all your eggs in the basket of Curtis Samuel or Demir Bird. I mean, at some point you think that these guys could potentially get hurt. Um, next call. Hey, yo, C3, how we doing? Uh, Dave from Brooklyn. Good to talk What's to up, you. Dave? Awesome What's up, Dave? Frank is on the field right now, so you know what that means. He's about to sell Matt Ryan the human banjo a coffin. <laughs> Guy was <laughs> the greatest undertaker the world has ever seen. Hey, ice up, Matt Ryan. They take the ball out of your hands for the whole second half. They start coming back. You throw one pass. They lose. Oof, this Falcons rebuild is going to be one hell of a ride. Oh, one more question. So, uh, is anyone else on this defense going to tackle uh, anybody other than Jeremy Chen? Uh, he's the only one doing yeah, it. Uh, talk we to didn't talk about that. Yeah, somebody in the chat room said earlier that the run defense is still a problem. You know, Todd Gurley was a problem on the outside. I did see, you know – I what's strange is like sometimes we're tackling really well and flying to the ball and then sometimes they're just able to pierce through it like a knife i saw dre boston make a big tackle up the middle on a running back today and i also saw him get horribly yeah yeah so it's hard to i think the defense is playing better though is i think the tackling's getting better right is that we were really bad at tackling last year so i think the team looks better than it did in week one than it than it did no it looks better now than it did in week one and that includes teddy who's able to get us to manufacture some touchdowns for us now right is that instead of look joey sly even looks better uh the the question is is how are we going to continue to fortify you know and we're to actually not the question is imagine this team with another defensive end. I know that you guys like Gross Matos, but he's yeah, a skin- he had a good game today. He did. He, really he did. did. He's a skinny fellow too, though. Imagine if you had a if, for what he's he needs to put on like fifteen more. He needs to do what Cleveland Farrell did. He's about the same size, two sixty five. That's small I for mean, the NFL. A- for the NFL, uh, that's small like for an end. Yeah, no, you got to be two eighty-five. What's a Bosa? What's Bosa sitting at? But what, for a defensive end, you also have to realize you have to. What's be Bosa sitting, sitting at? The edge. What's Bosa, Bosa sitting at? Two eighty-five. No. Yes. No. Bosa's yes. not two eighty-five. Look it up. Look, look it up. It's not two eighty-five. Uh, Tony, you have to realize that two hundred and eighty plus pounds doesn't bend the edge very well. Like there's a fine line of, of body weight that you have Lies. to get. Like, dude, like some of the, Ryan, the, Ryan Burns, the freaks. Ryan Burns is only a little bit <clears throat> under uh, underweight. He's not even that much underweight. He's smaller than why? He's bigger than YTG. Why gross my toes? Bose is two hundred eighty pounds. Told you. Told you. Okay, most defensive ends aren't. Pick another not, one. Pick another Bosa. <laughs> no, not another Bosa. All right, how about Miles uh, Garrett? Miles Garrett. Garrett. Yeah, Miles Garrett. Oh, I was thinking at Miles Austin. <laughs> I was like, what does no. he got to do with this? He's a wide receiver. That play for... No, my, no, dude. All right, two, I'm going to go to the next I'm call while you. you. I'm going to go to the next call while you say this because, nah, you got to be two, 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 two
I changed my mind. Why does uh, Matt Ryan always look like he just got slapped in the face? <laughs> Jack with his helmet on. Say so you make make me happy. He don't like Matt Ryan. I don't you know what? You know what? That's that's gonna be damn uh, Cody next year when Trevor Lawrence is a Falcon. Uh, I, I hate all you so much for already using this against me. I'm at the point where it's like Bro, I'm wanting the you. Jets. Like I'm wanting the Jets. Like I, I was at one point wanting them to win, like when I thought the Panthers might be in the running. But now that I know we're not, I, dude, I just want the Jets just, just to lose every single game. Dude, we might take- have a scenario where somebody in the NFC East gets that number one pick. Because right now – the Giants are winless, but they're beating the the Cowboys right now. Oh, um, yeah, it's it's so weird right now the way that everything's playing out. The Redskins, I mean, everybody. If this plays out the way that it is right now, there is a chance that everybody in the NFC East has one win going into Week Six. A lot of teams are in the running for the number one pick right now. Like we mm-hmm. still need more football to sort itself out. The Jaguars are still in the running for the number one pick. It's like there's a lot still going on, man. But yeah, it's not going to be us. All right, trade up for him. No, Smack the thumbs up button. Subscribe to Which the I C3 did. Panthers podcast. The number's two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Is it really that hard to push the thumbs up button to hit the share button? Share it on Twitter, on Facebook, wherever you hang out. Um, it's not that hard. It's easier than calling in. Be brave. Call in 252-228-5098. Darius Jones says Dan Quinn fired. Is that true? We're going to look it up. What's going on, C3? Mm. Stacks chilling back again. Oh, my goodness. I don't know what game you guys are watching, but this Panthers team is looking like the real deal. Defense has literally stopped Matt Ryan. I know they didn't have Julio, but still, still look very good. I'm actually watching the last 30 seconds now. Very impressed, especially to do without Brian Burns and a couple of our main starters. So things are looking good. But a couple of things I want to highlight is, yet again, Teddy touchdowns. I keep hearing you guys still still talking about Trevor Lawrence. Just give it up already. Teddy is the man. Teddy is putting up career numbers and is putting the lights oh, up man. on the stadium. Additionally, Mike Davis, or I was called the little beef stick, doesn't go down. Wide receivers. Looking good. Robbie Anderson, new number one. DJ Moore still running all the way. This team, I don't know, man. I, I'm i not going to count them as a 9-17. I'm not going to count them as a probably 10-6. and six. But uh, that's all I got for my message. Uh, love the podcast. Just quit talking about next year. Let's focus on this year, baby. So uh, Jeff Schultz is reporting the firing yep. of Dan Quinn has been all but finalized. An announcement could come Monday or Tuesday, a source told the athletic. The Falcons have started 0-5 for the first time since 1997, and Quinn is 14-23 since 2018. So, Well, I'm going to say in source Darius Jones, first of all. Darius breaking it to me, so I'm giving him my source. And I also saw Don Clee. Shout Clee- out, Darius. Don Kleeman says, per at... Jeff Schultz, Atlanta, breaking Falcons are fi- firing QB Dan Quinn. 
So it's just when will the official announcement come? I knew it was going to happen. I knew the Panthers were going to get this mug fired. In fact, if you would have hung out, we do. I've been hang, recording a bonus podcast each week with, you know, a writer or a blogger or something from a podcaster from the other team. And we were, and I asked my man Aaron Freeman about this when it was going to happen. He said it's going to happen against the Panthers, whether it's this week or week eight. <laughs> uh, because that would be a Thursday night game and would be a good scenario for them to bring in an interim. Um, all right, so back to this too hard on Teddy Bridgewater by the crew. Um, and I don't, uh, that's according to the calls right now. So um, I don't know how that's the case, really. Is that I don't know if we've been, have we said anything that's wrong? No, no, I mean, we haven't yeah. been hard. I mean, we, like we said, we've said he did a really good job of managing this team. I'm just, I'm, I think a lot of people want to come at the throats of people who say that Trevor is not the future of this organization because he had um, a, a few good games where he's, and again, just keep in mind, two games ago, we won in spite of Teddy. So can't even use that. Last week, he had a good comeback game. And this week, he started out the game good, but our, our offense is fighting. And that's what it is. So you can't sit here and vilify us for saying that Teddy Bridgewater is not the answer long term mm-hmm. when he has shown a lot of shaky, you know, decision making, as all quarterbacks do. But we've gotta we've gotta like I said, we've gotta see this consistently. And you've gotta keep in mind too, guys, we have literally played the Chargers and we beat a rookie quarterback. We've mm-hmm. played the Cardinals, who is a second year quarterback who is good, don't get me wrong, but they're still trying to find their identity as well. Um, and we beat now the Falcons, who were winless coming into this. And um, the Falcons guys, look gotta... putrid. Yeah. Let's just go ahead and say it. Is that and, I, we way, heard that uh, we heard that commentator say, "Oh, look, they came out here and playing hard for him in the second half. They looked defeated the entire time. They did, and like I mean, I, I have a question that I want to. Matt Ryan to looks defeated, and I don't even understand that. Usually, he's so dumb he doesn't even know they've lost yet. And he'll be throwing ninety-yard bombs right at the end. And it's one of those things that whenever you're the type of quarterback like Matt Ryan, as you start to get older, like he's never really had an excess of physical gifts. So when Father Time does start to creep in for him, it creeps in even doubly so. And like, I'm not saying that he's old, but I, he doesn't have that zip on his passes that I feel like he even had a few years ago. Um, yeah, I mean this this is a full rebuilding Atlanta Falcons team. Like they there are like one of the things I'm thinking of is like I, I think one of the hot coaching hires uh, of this offseason is going to be Eric Bieniemy, who we've talked about before, and he's going to have his pick of seemingly a bunch of a bunch of different options. Like that guy mm-hmm. can just wait and go see who the number one pick is and at- attach himself to. Trevor Lawrence for the next how many years and try and build around him, you know, or you can go to Houston and Sean Watson. Like there's a lot of bad teams and Atlanta, like I feel like the team that has the number one pick is always unexpected. And Atlanta was that unexpected team this year. That's just, they're dog shit, man. And I'm happy that they're dog shit. But man, I wish it wasn't this fucking. But they're so bad they can't help me cover the damn over though. These assholes. And that's Guys, another just thing. Remember that- though, last year they started zero and six, and they finished seven and nine. So the, the yeah, season's right. not over yet. They, they may do that again this year. We yeah. never know. I hope we play them year. again before week six. Yeah. Um, um, all right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> next call. Uh, 
<laughs> Yo, I am not just starting to. Y'all don't know what the hell y'all are looking at, and y'all don't know football, and I'm tired of this. Like, oh, y'all Lord. want we something about We're talking to this Good old Tim Bridgewater isn't good old Cam Newton. Well, God damn it. He's not coming back. He's never coming back. Get the we never even said Cam Newton's No, but nobody though. said Cam Newton not one time this year, guy. Bridgewater threw for over 300 yards. Because he was making good decisions. Maybe he was going to score Four touchdowns, three interceptions this year. Ooh, so he's killing it. Tired of this. Like, uh, yeah, we don't know football. Four touchdowns, three interceptions. interceptions. Ridiculous. You, this man, he made one mistake, and I see people online. Oh, he did not sit wide open right there. And said, well, it, as soon as he snapped the ball, they were rushing him in his face. Yes, he saw it. Chris, like, I don't know what you you are looking at. But Who's like I said, Chris? y'all don't know what the hell y'all are talking about. And Did he call me the wrong podcast? Y'all just really in denial because y'all love yeah, he's, he's so much. Because Teddy Bridgewater has been playing his ass off. And yep. you can think whatever you want. Yeah, you can look at numbers. You can say, oh, he's just another <laughs> Kyle Allen. I playing his ass off. way better than Kyle Allen ever thought he could be. So Stats don't show he's better than Kyle It is what it is. We're winning, that's all I care about. I agree. All right, um, I'm going to put the video up. This is commentary from a third party who has nothing to do with the Carolina Panthers. And by the way, As pay Rock attention shows to DJ here, Moore. opportunity for Teddy Bridgewater. He doesn't read that there's going to be a blitz here and nobody's covering DJ Moore. Safety on this side of the field. Nobody covering. Bridgewater never even looks in that direction. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. He looked at one person. In that entire interaction. And then somebody wanted to tell me on Twitter, oh, he, his O-line was getting blown up. No, if you look there, DJ Moore was wide open before anybody broke containment. Yeah. And how dare they? Our offensive line is balling out of control right now, man. Dude, yeah. is it just me? Our offensive line? Our offensive it's been the line best it's been in a long time. Mm-hmm. Dude, I told you, Okun carried Curtis Samuel for like six yards today. And, and Bro, can, can, I loved that. I loved it. Yeah. And uh-huh. Also, on that play, he doesn't even look to the other side of the field, and that's what CK said earlier. He'll hone in on Robbie Anderson, just like Kyle Allen did with DJ Moore Well, he thought, year. I think and with this. That's where it, he goes with the ball. No, I don't yeah. think it's this similar to like Kyle Allen does. I think in that – in that play is that I think he thought he probably had an advantage with uh, Robbie Anderson there from the snap. Right. So like he thought he's trying to play ahead of the play some ways. And I do like Teddy for that is that I feel like he knows where to go with the ball. Sometimes situation. He's more cerebral. I'll I'll be Uh, the, I'll I'll say that. And I, I think every person on here is going to say, Kyle Allen is definitely not nearly in the same category as Teddy Bridgewater, right? I mean, you're talking about an undrafted free agent and uh, and a number one or a, a first round draft pick at one point in their in their careers, right? You're you're talking about you know two separate. I think what we're talking about is what we're getting from Kyle Allen um, right now, like last year at this same time, is is reminiscent of what we recall seeing out of out of uh, Teddy Bridgewater this year. I also just would say this. We'll watch this play one more time and watch where the ball lands. Yes, there's pressure, but I think that this is where you see 15 yards shy. The arm talent isn't necess- isn't there, so it makes some of these plays harder. We'll look at it one more time. 
again, it's not about him being good or bad. It's just about what are his strengths, weaknesses, and limitations. As Brock Heward shows here, golden opportunity for Teddy Bridgewater. He doesn't read that there's going to be a blitz here, and nobody's covering DJ Moore. See, I think he thinks Safety he has a favorable matchup, and he does. The problem is, is you're Nobody just going to have to get the ball Bridgewater there. never even looks in that direction. Oh, yeah, but that's he why, but it. again, this is yeah. why we're talking about. That's a hard throw to make, and I think it highlights what some of the things you're saying. That's my what you've been saying. But, but, so uh, you're talking about going through your progressions, even in the face of pressure, that's what you have to do as quarterback. Like but if whenever you are, you he thought he had at one, and he did. Go your, okay, but listen, it doesn't matter, though. He was If you have another option that equals six points, you made the wrong decision. Like that's how it, that that rule doesn't change if it's Cam Newton, Teddy Bridgewater, Patrick Mahomes. That doesn't change for anyone. And again, like yeah, Teddy Bridgewater played well today, but so did our incredible offensive weapons, who are yards after the catch guys and know how to do this shit. And now they have a good offensive coordinator scheming them up. But on, on plays like that, if you're not reading the field correctly, then you're going to have missed opportunities. And that's literally what we've been running away from since Ron Rivera was fired, this missed opportunity BS. If we have opportunities to put, put points on the board and build up the lead even higher, we should do that every single time. And Teddy has to be able to do that. And can can I just say too, uh, these people who are talking about talking about Teddy Bridgewater playing elite and being the business, telling us we don't know football. Look, man, don't 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 say that. Okay, Teddy Bridgewater is doing okay. He is not playing fantastic. Once again, I will I will argue he's playing the exact same as Kyle Allen did last year. Let's see how the stats roll out at the end of the year. But a guy who has a fifty percent touchdown uh, red zone touchdown percent or ratio is twenty seventh in the NFL. In front of teams like Indianapolis, Denver, Cincinnati, the Jets, and the Giants. Seriously, that's not that great. A guy who has six touchdowns through four games and three interceptions is not that great. Let's stop acting like a bunch of yards after catch is Teddy Bridgewater being an elite quarterback. He's a good, serviceable quarterback. And if you think he's elite, then you don't know football. How about this? Let's go ahead and I'll pose the question to the chat room then. Is Teddy a top 10 quarterback in this league? No. No. Hell no. What's going on, C3? Stacks Showman back at it again. Just wanted to highlight how good our offensive line is. That I think the most underrated offensive line in the NFL. And Teddy stayed clean today. So, I don't know. Just saying. Uh, Again, stop talking about next year. Let's focus on this year. Three and two, baby. Go Panthers. Keep pounding. Yeah, man. Thanks for the call. Yeah, man. It's uh, Jeremy from Swansboro. What's up, Jeremy? Fucking two gloves, man. And Mikey D and the boys are making it happen. I'll tell you what. It's starting to look like a good team we've got here, guys. Defense. I hope these uh, injuries aren't too severe. But, uh, hey, future's looking bright. So I think this is, I think it shows you what happens when you play in uh, all three phases of the ball well. The Panthers' defense gave them enough problems, limited limited their performance to, look, limited the team to 16 points. So our defense played well. Carolina was able to find the end zone, so the offense was able to convert. And if this damn game book would ever come up, 
Oh my gosh. But I would tell you what the third down conversion rates was. That's what I'm really interested in and us on and them on third down. But then also, I think another thing to highlight is finally up. Uh, another thing to highlight is our special teams has continues to play well. This Joey Charlton dude or whatever the punter is dropping the mm-hmm. ball on the eight a couple of times. Man, he has been playing great. Like where I don't even miss Mike Pilardi almost. And Joey Sly is making the field goal attempts. Farrow Cooper, a little wanting to get involved in the action, maybe just a bit too much. I saw some people talking about that. We were 6 for 12 on third down, so we were not fantastic, but we were okay. We were better than they were, 6 for six and 13 on third down. Fourth down, they were 1 for 1. We didn't have that. And I'm trying to see, did we have any big plays? I guess that's another way to... What were our explosive plays? I'd like to know what those were. But, yeah, is that this is when all three parts of the game play well, you're going to do pretty well. We didn't turn the ball over. We forced turnovers. You know, we won the turnover battle. If you don't win these games, it's going to be hard to win the games you don't play well in. That's my point right there. So, yeah, we should be excited about the performance of the Panthers. The number is 252-228-5098. Hey guys, it's Jason from Colorado calling. Um, I heck of, heck of a win today. Great to beat the Falcons for the first time since 2014 at home. So that was sweet to watch. Um, in regards to what y'all were talking about on the show on Tuesday, uh, I gotta say I I disagree with what Cody was saying. You do not draft. You don't trade up to, to draft anybody, even if it's your your all star quarterback, because there's been way doing that and it falling through and even if you're 100% sure that Trevor Lawrence is the guy there's nothing to say that even if you're drafting that he doesn't have exceptional talent and get hurt and not be able to play there's there's things that are outside of your control that you can't risk the future of your team on and so kind of goes back to what I said on the call a couple weeks ago that you need to draft well and not high and that's what the teams who have found their quarterbacks in the later rounds have done they didn't reach sometimes they'll trade up you know to to take a pick in the end of the second round instead of the middle of the third round and things like that i don't have a problem with that but when you're trading up into the top five you're going to have to pay a king's ransom and that sets you behind no matter what because you can't use that capital to build your team um so but moving on to this week um i think that uh, you know our secondary didn't play as well as it could have. Chin continues to be a stud, but he needs to teach Trey how to tackle. And uh, Justin Burris was just clowning out there. I mean, I was ready to just cut him before he made the interception in the end zone. But, I mean, <laughs> he uh, you know he cut towards the line of scrimmage when Calvin Ridley had that catch on, first, on third and 25 and, and totally blew his coverage. And then he botched the fumble recovery and didn't use his fundamentals. I mean, Pop Warner teaches you, you fall in the ball to recover it. And, uh, but, you know, he did redeem himself with the interception in the back of the end zone that really did set the tone for us for the rest of the game. Um, I don't think the announcers know anything about the, the Panthers. Everything that I was hearing them say, you know, Oh, well, Matt Rule's a really good defensive coach, and, and uh, I don't know, just a lot of things that, that came up. They were 
it seemed like they were just talking about the same points that other people were because they didn't feel like doing any research. They hadn't watched any games. You could tell by their commentary that they were completely in the dark. Um, but uh, it, I was super stoked to see DJ pull the Forrest Gump and just run out the tunnel on, on his 56-yard <laughs> catch. And run. <laughs> I'd like to see him get more touches. It seems like Teddy is kind of falling into a, a rhythm of, of looking for Anderson first. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, let me see. Oh, okay, here, here, it's back in. It, just to wrap up, it, it's great to watch our offensive line playing so well. It seems like we haven't really replaced a whole lot of people, but they're playing to a much higher level. Um, they're adding yards to runs. Ocon carried Curtis on one of his runs, an extra five or six yards, just by grabbing him and pushing him forward. And that's the kind of stuff that we're talking about as a team playing for each other. And it really speaks to the culture that Matt rules building in Carolina, and it's really encouraging to see that. But um, anyway, I don't have as much to say this week, so keep pounding, and uh, love the show. Keep keep doing it. You know, we surprisingly lost the penalty battle in this. Can you believe that? We only had one penalty, too. Uh And that was the delay of game? No, it was a false start. um, It was on offense? Yeah. Or we lost. So we had we had more than that because we had wait. Never mind. I'm reading this wrong. I'm reading this wrong. Sorry. I'm reading the first downs by penalty. We have one first down by penalty. Excuse me. Penalties. We have four for twenty five. They were three for forty. So the four for twenty five. One of those was a delay of game intentional. Right. Two of them were encroachment by Brown, and then the fourth one would have been he had two encroachments today. Yeah. Oh God. Um, uh, what else was the other one? I think it was like a defense, um, an illegal contact downfield or something, I think. Uh, Run DMC Lovato says, great call with the Forrest Gump. He's excited about that. And that's yeah. Jason from Colorado. <laughs> and then um, we see Panthers 2020. How is Matos? We don't, uh, I don't think we got an update on him yet. Yeah, it did. I don't, I don't think it looks sick. It looked like an ankle maybe. Yeah, but I want to talk about him because I feel right, like he's not being given enough credit. I feel like I have seen him come around the edge fast. Like he is getting better. And he I runs like a stunt real well. He what? Is it the? Is they call it a stunt where you kind of come in through like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of fake like you're going to the seat and come back to the beer. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. No, he does good with that, but I feel he also has done a, a, a really good job setting a physical edge and coming around the edge on, on third and passing downs. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and again, Tony and I disagree on this. It's like, well, you know, you can draft a defensive end, but they're not going to really be good for – like, dude, that's all situational. If you get a good, talented player, they can come and make really meaningful impacts uh, sooner than later, and I think – Again, like our timetables have been a little bit skewed because of one, starting the NFL season under this COVID BS, then having to think about uh, a brand new coach, defensive coordinator, learning the system. Like there are a lot of things that we're just now starting to see gel and you see why these guys were drafted and specifically gross models. Like I feel him and Brian Burns will be a very exciting pass rushing tandem for a long time to come and i, I think first models is really good i want to at least bring up the the burris discussion i'm gonna i'm yeah. gonna defend him in the same time i'm gonna criticize him first and foremost 
I agree with the diving if he was around a lot of other players. That is 100%. But when the ball is 20 yards in the backfield, I know. That's a score. score. I know. So so here's the thing. Here's the thing. I 100% agree with his decision to try to scoop and score. I will criticize him on his execution. Yes. Because that's where you that's gotta where the scoop execution. before you can yeah. score. <laughs> that's that's what I'm talking about. I mean, so you know, I, there were a lot of people trying to sit there and say Burris should have done this. If he had, had Brian Burns, wouldn't have gotten hurt. We don't know all of. The, we can sit here and play future, you know, fortune teller all day, every day. But he made the right decision, right? He made the right decision, and that was to try to scoop and score. He just did not execute it the right way. Now, um, come back to where he did redeem himself. Uh, with that nice interception in the end zone. So I, I'm not going to say it's a wash because one did the play re- directly after result in Brian Burns being removed from the game. But nonetheless, I think I, I think we've got to allow him to have some benefit of the doubt. And I think that comes back to coaching too, is that he was making the dis- the right decision there, but the execution aspect of it was wrong. So his mind was in the right place. His hands were not. Yeah, I I think, it, and the fact is, is that it set him back so far. If um, that it does suck, you know, you want to get it, grab the damn football, but you hate to just. He was in a position to pick it up and run. It yeah. wasn't like he was trying to pick it up and he was fl- like flailing around on the ground and stuff like this and trying to get up. He was in the position to walk it right into the house, which we needed. Um, and with the Burris thing, I don't know. I guess is that I'm going to trust what you guys are saying is that I haven't seen him make a great impact outside of that interception. But I don't know. As the coaching staff talk pretty well about him, how do you guys feel like is that he hasn't been a liability necessarily for us? Do you guys think he is? A lot of people are shitting on him in the chat room. Uh, Justin Burris? Yeah. Well, I mean, again, it's one of those names. I remember Panthers guy at FSU uh, kept on saying that name over the course of the offseason. And it's just like it's another name who's playing in a position you shouldn't be playing in. Like Justin Burris is whatever. He shouldn't be a starter on any football team anywhere. So he's like kind of just doing whatever he can. Like we have a well, real problem with our defensive backfield right now. Yeah, I mean, and Troy Pride Jr. is going to have to grow up real quick, it seems like, at this point with everybody else getting nicked up. Yeah, I mean, hey we've guys. also got our, another again. rookie, Stanley. Yeah, uh, he's been hurt too. Yeah, uh, and we did have some guy that we picked up from the Jets and then dropped immediately from the practice squad. Anyway, end of the third quarter, and thankfully we fixed that because you know where I'm used to under Rivera. You know, if that would have started happening, that would have lost us the game because Rivera wouldn't made any adjustments. But anyway, I have a question, okay? And I know this might get y'all started, and this is a post-game and we're in the season, so it's not like there's a lack of things to talk about. Uh, But anyway, do you think that losing Christian McCaffrey has, like, forced us to get more creative because like there was I mean it would have been beneficial to figure out how to do this and figure out how to use everybody as we have but when you have someone like McCaffrey 
I don't think the the reward outweighs the risk of doing that because if we did that and then we kept losing the games, we'd be like, we have McCaffrey on this team. Why aren't we using him like we did that other day? But now that he's gone and we don't have McCaffrey, now we're forced to win other ways. You think that's been good for us? I mean, I'm not saying we don't want to have McCaffrey back, but I kind of think that's been good for us because we've figured out other ways to win, and now when McCaffrey gets back, it'll just make it that much better. And we better not go in the shell and only use McCaffrey just because he's a beast. Yeah. Because he, he's shown that he's mortal. And he won't be the same again because Saquon had that injury last year, and he wasn't the same. Like, he'll be great next year. He'll probably be great, but, like, he won't be what we're used to from CMC for this year after that injury, I don't think. Anyway, guys. Oh, it cut him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's, here's what I'll say to that before, you know, listen, I said it from the day one that we saw him go on IR. I said this is going to be good for our offense because now the ball is going to get spread around. And when he does come back, not only are they going to have to game plan for Christian McCaffrey, they now have to game plan for Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, Mike Davis, all of a sudden. You have a lot of different heads looking a lot of different ways because they're like, oh, CMC doesn't have to do it all? All right, well, I guess we're going to not stack the box. See, I, I got to kind of somewhat disagree with what's going on here because I'm looking at Mike Davis for the last two games, and he's rushed the ball 16 times the last two games. Uh, looking at 84 yards and 89 yards. I'm not even looking at receiving. Let's see, receiving, he's had nine receptions this game for 60 yards and a touchdown, five for 27 uh, last game. That's very similar to what we ran with Christian McCaffrey the first three games when he was in. About 16 rushes and about eight or seven or eight passes. Yeah, but I if you tell you, Mike Davis is a man, though. You ain't, is yeah, that, I mean, we're like. We're the same game is what we're saying. I'm not, we didn't change anything. This is what the analytics the people the will tell yeah. you, and this is also going back to what Cody said about paying the running back and things like this. That's the point that they make, is that the drop-off is not significant enough to alter yeah. games as much as you think. Now, I think that there's some things that you should throw in here. Number one, is Mike Davis has been playing like a man possessed, right? And mm-hmm. today he just like was smashing it, right? I mean, he was beaten. He was a sledgehammer out there, and uh, so that's one thing. Um, another thing going to the so it's not like you could just sub anybody in. This guy's actually out there doing some damn balling. The next yeah. thing is that I do think there's some something to be said about Joey's call. And I don't know what the right wording is, if it makes us better, but what I do think this has required other people to do is step up into leadership roles on the offense when times are tough. And somebody that that's benefited the most arguably is Curtis Samuel. CK said earlier in the show that we would not have won this game without Curtis Samuel. And I think that one of the things is is that's given him an opportunity to show his self-confidence on the field, and I think that's a big deal. I hope what it does when he returns is I like when they motion Curtis Samuel into the backfield and then motion him out as a receiver. If you start doing that with McCaffrey, where you motioned McCaffrey out as a receiver, Curtis Samuel in as a back, 
all of a sudden you're going to learn what defenses are doing so much, right? And I think that that's kind of a cool thing. We ran one play where, and I don't know, I think it was when we were trying to get them offsides. It might have been where we drew it down all the way to the delay a game penalty. But we motioned Curtis, then we motioned Robbie. Like it was everybody's moving around, and they were just hoping that the defense was going to get confused. I continue. I think that that is a is is something to be said. And ultimately, we have learned that Teddy Bridgewater, through four games, has proven to us he is the equivalent of Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Peyton Manning. Uh, who was the other name that was up there? Aaron Rodgers. Four games. And this yeah. guy wins. He wins like Jimmy Garoppolo. He's the him and Jimmy G are the greatest QBs in the history of football. Don't Alex Smith and you've got the whole trifecta, bro. <laughs> By the way, Jimmy G's getting smashed right now. Does he well, he's not is though. he is he even back yet? Yeah. There was one. Yeah, oh, he is back this week. There was one yeah, point where he had won something like thirteen or fifteen in a row or something through two seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and well, that was because he, he, he got traded. Of next, yeah. He got traded in a in a garbage time season, and he got a massive contract that off season, which I thought was a mistake. I still think to this day was a it was mistake. the biggest at the time, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was the biggest. He, he became the off of a five game winning streak where his numbers were mediocre at best. But mm-hmm. anyway. Which is what happens when you overreact to a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo or <coughs> Teddy Bridgewater, and you see what happens in the results. I just they would just I think this last is year, slanderous. Two and two, you're about to lose to the Dolphins. I think what Kara, what Brandon Herbert is saying is slanderous when it comes to these other guys. Like I'm not even you're saying we're insulting Teddy Bridgewater. I feel like you're insulting Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes here. I Aaron yeah, Rodgers, we're also. Like, we're also only arguing against Brandon Herbert's crazy logic right now. Right. But no one no one else agrees with... with it's like he only took Peyton Manning's like, career stats guys. when in his, like, after his neck was broken and Tom Brady right. after he turned 40. Yeah, yeah right. the guy telling us that we don't know football is... The, the next thing he's going to tell me is that Joe Flacco was the best deep throw ball thrower in the history of football. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that guy hit a deep ball since the Super Bowl. Not one time. Oh, Joe Flacco had a cannon, bro. A cannon. In one season. <laughs> God, he had a cannon for throwing it into the first row of the stands. <laughs> yeah. oh, it was so yeah. off all the time. All right, the number is 252-228-5098. What's left to talk about, man? There's still some things to uncover in this game. You tell us what it is. We'll talk about it. Special teams. What's up, D3? It's Glenn BNC Lovato again. I'm going to fucking say it. Ron say Rivera it. is, he's a fucking trash coach, okay? I love Ron Rivera. <laughs> he's a good man, good-hearted man. I hope he gets over his cancer, but he was a fucking shit coach. He got carried by fucking Cam Newton. If we, I honestly believe if we would have had Matt Rule, don't, don't don't even say, oh, it's only, it's only five games, Matt Rule. No. If we would have had fucking Matt Rule at the start of Cam Newton's career, we would have won maybe multiple fucking Super Bowls. This dude knows how to oh, yeah. Get yeah, that. That's all. Mm. never fucking did that. With the coaching staff we had now, Cam never gave trust in anybody besides his veteran. All Ron Rivera was good for was knowing how to call plays for a defense. He, he had nothing to offer for the offense. Uh-huh. 
He never helped Cam Newton. Not, never yeah. gave him any fucking weapons. Look how great Teddy Bridgewater is playing under Matt Rule. Okay? Playing he, he, imagine he, how great Cam would be. Oh, I see. <laughs> okay? Matt Rule. How dare you, Tony? Okay? We're, we're going to win a fucking Super Bowl. I had so. to say it. No, we're going to win a fucking Super Bowl with this coach. This coach is going to be our longtime oh, wow. Mike Tomlin, our longtime Pete Carroll, our longtime Sean Payton type of damn coach. This coach, this coaching staff is amazing. I'm so happy. I was I was super hyped whenever we hired Matt Rule. I really wanted him over every other coach, and I really thought we had no shot to get him because I thought the Giants were going to snag him. But I am extremely excited for Matt Rule, and – I'm kind of depressed that we didn't have uh, him earlier when we had Cam Newton in his prime, but who knows, man. Ooh. What do you guys oh, think about that? Do you guys think if we had Matt Rule in, say, in 2015, you think we would have won the Super Bowl then? Because I guarantee you, you would right. put someone else to guard Von Miller. Instead of I'm not going to make Cam a point. I just, I just want to say something before you respond. Yeah. Chat, get ready. I think we're about to have conflict in the actual C3 Panthers podcast. All right. Hey, look, you can say what you want to about Ron Rivera and the Cam Newton thing, and I'm not saying Ron Rivera is the best coach ever, but Ron Rivera was with us for, what, uh, eight years? Yeah. Took us to one Super Bowl, three playoff appearances, won the NFC South three times, coach of the year twice. Three. Uh, Three playoff. Three, okay. Co- coach no, we only four. three. We, we have four. We definitely yeah, we have four. four. 2017, okay. 2017. Coach of the year two times. Led the team to a 15 and one season. The best, the second best record ever in the NFL. I mean, say what you want to about Ron Rivera. He did have some good years and he did some good things for us. I don't believe if you put Matt Rule in here in Ron Rivera's place that we're, it's going to be any different. You know why? Because we're going to end up the exact damn same same way this year that we have for the last few years with an injured Cam Newton. So I mean. Say what you want to. Like I said, in 13 games, then I'm going to compare the stats for for what Carolina was the last three years and what they are now. And then I want to hear people talk about how great Matt Rule is and how great Teddy Bridgewater is. I'm going to tell you, this is is where I said we're going to have conflict. I think our team right now is playing as at a high level as think about this right now. There have been some small rookie mistakes. Don't get me wrong with Derek Brown getting the encroachment a few times. Mm -hmm. But if you look at Number one, with such a young team, you would expect penalties to be pretty high. We've been pretty low in, in penalties. They've been doing well. Mm-hmm. And every every week, if there's something that was a weakness. And if you they, took they, our they oldest player out of the equation to hear Whitehead, we would be no penalties. No. Yeah, yeah, it, it feels <laughs> that way, right? Um, but but nonetheless, I mean, if you look at this team, I mean, they are they are coached. Like, the, all the complaints we talked about with Ron Rivera, time management, um, wanting to favor the the older guys, wanting to you know, or just being either too conservative or you know, wanting to make it seem like he has this riverboat Ron when he did that for maybe one season and then went right back to the same Ron Rivera that we all knew and loved, right? Um, which is never going forward on fourth down, even if it's fourth and one with one of the most uh, you know short yardage threats in the in the NFL and Cam Newton. All of these things, like that's what you got with Ron Rivera. You're not getting that with Matt Rule. Right, you got great time management. I think we had one game this year where we felt like maybe there was a complaint to, to you know, in the half or something like that. With the, but other than that, these guys are being very smart with the ball. Um, they're not uh, committing a lot of penalties, and the young guys are getting an opportunity. 
And you don't get that, you know, with Ron Rivera. And now you're seeing Chin come out. Chin wouldn't have got a shot on this team. You know, if Ron Rivera was here, Chin would not have gotten an opportunity to play. It would have been somebody else who's been playing for Colin Jones. Yeah. Who's with the Redskins. I'm on on 6K side with this. And I also feel like a lot of what the caller said um, has proven to be true. And to all of the things that Greg said in rebut, I mean, I I say all the things that I was shouting when I was screaming for Ron Rivera to be fired. It never had back-to-back winning seasons. Those uh, times that we did make it to the playoff, one year was when we were 7-8-1 and the NFC South was a dumpster fire. Uh, and then those were uh, those other years were kind of sparsed out uh, between one another. Situational football was a problem. And I think the reason why, uh, the, why we even have this call is because of what's happening with Dwayne Haskins and Dwayne being a young, talented quarterback. He's not talented. That's a lie. That's a lie. He's not talented. He is ta- he's oh, awful. Tell me, this is what you're, he's no, this awful, bro. Nah, everything he fumbles so at everything. No, he's awful. He's awful. Go watch their games. Here's the situation. You got to go watch their games then. Here's the situation. You got to watch them. He sucks. He sucks, man. Does uh, what's-his-name up in New York suck? Like, does everybody just suck after being good players? Daniel Jones? uh, No, the the Sam Darnold. Like everybody was saying he was a really good Well, we actually have no idea if he he's never been good. So, yeah, he does suck. He hasn't been good. So, but so. in the in the, in the NFL, it's proportionate on who drafts you. A lot of these organizations are dumpster fires. So, okay, I mean, some of it, but around. look, you can't really put Ryan, Dwayne Haskins to Ron Rivera. That's not Allen a good a- argument. Haskins. Yes. No, he's not. Yes. And by the way, he yes. didn't even finish the game. He didn't even finish the game. Because they he got hurt. Alex Smith. He got hurt. Right. His no, Dwayne Haskins is sorry, bro. Sorry, I cannot get on not the Dwayne. More, he is awful. I don't. Allen. Yes, he is. So yes, much he is. Worse than Dwayne he is Kyle, terrible. Kyle Just because so you look better in a football uniform does not make you good at football. He's bad. Now, I think the truth kind of lies in the middle is I think that Greg is right to point out that Ron Rivera did a lot of positive things for this organization and was involved in a lot of positive things. So to not to be like, well, it's in spite of Ron Rivera rather than because him is a little egregious in some ways. On the other hand, um, you got to wonder what it would have been like to see Cam Newton play with Matt Rule and Joe Brady. Yeah. Oh, wait a second. It could have happened. It could have happened. Sorry. Now, going back to this is that, look, is that there is one thing in this. I don't know who the blame falls on. It's going to blow. It's going to fall on Ron Rivera largely as well as the general managing staff is that what? And I said this and I've been consistent when it comes down to this with Cam Newton is he was such a luxury. He allowed you to, to get away with stuff. He allowed with you for years to not really have to force that O-line development. He allowed for years for you to miss and not have any talent around them. So the question is, is that if you would have put Matt Rule and who knows, Joe Brady would have been like nine during that at that time. 
But if you would have put them, is that here? Is that the question was, is that could there have been an approach taken uh, with Cam that would have been more exciting? I think it could have been. But at the same time, Ron Rivera was it? I think Ron Rivera became a worse coach as time went on, which is the strange part. I think I, if Cam is on this football team right now, we're one of the best teams in the NFL. I agree with that. Think about this offensive line right now, guys. Like, I mean, yeah. here's here's why I say think about coaching in this respect. What has changed on our offensive line other than Okung and getting rid of Trey Turner? Mm. Oh, I don't know. It's like we don't know who our guards are. That's one thing that's changed. I have no yeah. idea who our guards well, hey, are. Whoever they are, shout out to them, man, because they're fucking rock stars. But that's Which that's what like, I'm saying. Yeah, let's let's credit coaching to this because. Like our offensive starters, and is Joe the, Matsko overrated? Oh, we've been on our old yeah. offensive line. We already, know that. Oh, know. we already know that Joe Matsko has always been overrated. He's always been just a name for just being a name that people like, so they attach to him. Uh, listen, I, how I about this? Right now, Can I ask you? Let's ask the question a different way instead of what it could have been, should have been, and all of this. Why is this offensive line playing so well right now? Let's ask it in a positive form. I can't really speak to exactly why. I think that and that's Paradise. Let's say. start with Paradise. Paradise has been consistent. Paradise has been consistent, but again, a, a lot of this is on coaching. And and the reason why I say that specifically on our offensive line is because when you're an offensive lineman, instead of thinking of that like five different positions. That whole offensive line is kind of like one big position because so much of what you do is connected to what the guys around you are doing. So I think that that's uh, true, except for we've seen left ta- tackles be f- fucking horrendous uh, for right. this organization. And I got to say this is I've watched even in the game where Greg Little was bad, the left tackle play has not been the shit show it has been in the past. And that alone, I think is where one player can stand out is I think Moten is playing well is obviously our left tackle has been whatever this rotation is at this point is better than we've had in a long time. And I think Paradis is really anchoring it with those guards. I don't know who the guards are, but they're playing adequately at this point. Are we playing the best teams? I'm not sure. Grady Jarrett, though, is nothing to fool with, and he had one big play today, and that was it. Yeah. this. I mean, I think our offensive line right now is looking better than it has. That's been the surprise of the season. I mean, I, that was my worry. Best going since into 2015. Season. Our offensive line has looked the best it's looked since 2015. And by the way, like that is another check mark in favor in favor of uh, Matt Rule and this coaching staff after our former coaching staff. Listen, I remember that first year for Ron and Cam. Like I think that he has uh, by far this coaching staff has made the most of their short amount of time, and they have shown far greater potential far earlier than any of our previous coaching staffs. 
Shame in the chat room now. There's 73 viewers watching the show. 70 maybe at this moment. Only 36 likes. Smack the like button like we just smacked the Falcons around that football field. The Carolina Panthers are on a win streak, baby. And you need to give a thumbs up to win streaks. And subscribe to the C3 Panthers podcast. Call into the show. The number is 252-228-5098. Let's go to the next call. Hey, y'all. What's up? It's Barney from Brooklyn. Um, I'm just calling because I, well, first off, I love the podcast. Y'all are great. Um, It's hard being an out-of-market fan and being in Brooklyn. uh, It's great to tune in and listen to y'all. So much love and appreciate everything you're doing. Next up, um, I don't understand what's going on. I, this year is not breaking how I thought it would be. We have a receiving core that is good. We have three re- like reliable receivers, which is something we haven't had in a really long time. Christian McCaffrey's down. Mike Davis is doing fine. He's doing great. He looks yep. good out there. Teddy Bridgewater is doing – he's really not making mistakes at all. The first half today, he was kind of lights out. I mean, his connection with Robbie Anderson is, like, really, really turning into something. Special teams? Special teams is not a liability. We're sixth in the league in uh, kick returns right now. Like, that feels awesome. This is just not mm-hmm. what I expected at all this year. I'm so confused. Um, so is it the coaching? Is it the coaching? Is that what's happening? This team feels like it's got something going on right now. So, um yeah, I just don't know how to feel. I don't know how to feel because I'm so used to, like, getting my hopes up and then just, like, getting gashed. But I don't know, man. I think it might be the coaching. What do y'all think? 100%. Yeah, 100%. I think I think when you have such a young defense and then you have an offense that is very much – and I think we're starting to get the the identity that we were talking about. We weren't sure we were – you know, we don't know who we are as a football team. I think we're starting to get that. Um, and that tough-ass football team thing that they talk about, I think, is a big part of it. I think these guys are fighting for each other. And in a season that most people wrote off as being the rebuild season where don't expect much out of the Carolina Panthers, we're going to rank them on the, you know, probably number 31 on the power rankings because we just don't know. Even though, you know, there there's some promise, there's some uh, potential, we don't know what we have in Matt Rule, all these things. And these guys are coming out and they're showing, right? And, and at Matt Rule said it from the get-go. He said – we're not rebuilding because, you know, you can point to my time at Baylor and, and, and Temple all day, but those you're not dealing with the, the highest class. You know, you're having to rebuild a program from top to bottom, not getting the top recruits in the country because those are going to Alabama, Clemson, all those people. Right. And so but here, guess what? These are the best of the best players. You're not mm-hmm. getting people in the NFL that are not that wouldn't have been what considered a good, great player. So I think let's that just part say is, this is well, I would say few of these guys would have gone to Temple, but it turns out a lot of them did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and not, not to mention, when you're in college, you have what, 100 players in your roster? You have 53 in the pros? Nice. So it's a lot yeah. different. You got yeah. a lot less talent to choose from, all those rotations you can use. So there's a, there's a difference. Once again, everybody knows my position on Matt Rule. I'm not saying the guy's doing terrible. Still don't believe he's, you know, I'm, I'm not sold on him yet, but I, I, he, I'm not going to say he's being. Right. A, being Let's a just say coach this is you keep you keep talking down on Matt Rule and I'm going to keep talking down on uh, Curtis Samuel because I, I, I I'm talking to Curtis Samuel. What's it? You, you want to know why? 
is because yeah. for four years or three years, all I did is praise and glory be to Curtis Samuel's name. He didn't do shit. And now I'm Just talking junk about <laughs> Curtis Samuel, and he's actually starting to play a little bit. Okay. You know like what I'm saying it. is that, I so like I'm it. keeping it up. I'm not changing my socks. This is baseball's equivalent of not changing my socks. Curtis Samuel is a bump. <laughs> uh, no, he's made some, it. it means he keeps them balling out. Yeah, he he's made some big plays for us in the last two weeks. I'm excited about that. I've been, um, and sorry, Brandon Herbert, but I'm going to go back to this: is that if you guys say that Curtis Samuel, the reason he has not been a factor over the last couple of seasons, is not having to get the ball, somebody to get him the ball down the field, where is it now? A and B, Robbie Anderson is better at a deep threat than even Curtis Samuel is, and we're still not getting it down there. So I I, I think this is that, again, one of the limitations that we're going to see is that I don't think we're going to see a lot of Curtis Samuel's stat lines that are 3, 4, 90 yards and a touchdown unless he's breaking 50 or 60 tackles. Um, what do you see – what do you what do you think it would take for Matt Rule to get coach of the year? Ooh. Playoffs. Playoffs. That's a good if question. A we have to kind of look. I think one is – go ahead. Uh, who was it? I want to give credit where credit's due. I think it might have been Jeremy Iago uh, who put this on Twitter. But is that right now uh, Matt Rule is easily one of already – a coach of the year candidate, if not the most deserving of it. We're, mm. we, we are a man, stop it. We are a team that has, <laughs> that, has a, that has a ton of coaching turnaround. We have lo- we went from Cam Newton to Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, everything is new. We drafted an entirely new defense. Our defensive backfield is is what it is. Like there was a legitimate case to make before the start of this season that the Panthers did have the right formula to be one of the worst teams in football. And right now we're three and two. And in the era of COVID, fuck off, bro. That is a I know, lot. I, know. I think he's actually the front runner. I think it's down to two teams right now. I'm looking across wow. the entire NFL. And right now I would say, look, it's like Pete Carroll. No, he's not the coach of the year because – Russell Wilson is the MVP, right? I think this, it comes down at this moment, there's one 4-0 team who Sean McDermott could be considered coach of the year right now, 4-0 for Buffalo. And I think that we are in second place, honestly. Because if you look about it, it's like, uh, unless you want to tell me Nagy from Chicago is the guy, nope. Atlanta, nope. Baltimore, they were a strong favorite, so maybe if you wanted to give Baltimore, if they, they're going to have to keep making noise, you would have to go with – look, um, Kansas City lost to Las Vegas today. Um, I'm trying to think who is the other – who's the third front runner? Maybe it's Pete Carroll. Maybe it's homie from Miami. They're doing all right. They're winning today, but they haven't – they don't have a great record. Um, are you going to try to tell me – record the, is up if they win the day. Yeah, but uh, are they? Are they on the positive? I think so. I think they're two and two right now. Yeah, I'm not so, sure that I'll check. I could be so wrong. Miami, I think Miami, Cleveland. If they turn it on, Stefanski might get some love. If they, I if think, Cleveland can turn it on, but I gotta say it's Sean McDermott, McDermott and Matt Rule 
in the front re- running for coach of the year at this point. And I would yeah. put and I would put Matt Rule over McDermott because everyone this year was already predicting the Bills to win the AFC East. Like this isn't a surprise that the Bills. Well, if we were predicting them to be good, that's not fair to McDermott. Like like, they were expected to be good, and the play the coach does well, that he can't win player the coach of the year. No, I'm not saying that he can't. I'm saying that's why I put Matt Rule ahead of him because everyone knew that the Bills team was a good roster with the franchise quarterback. We did not know any of that about the Carolina Panthers. And well, here's a good one. Here's a good one from the chat room, and I don't know why they're not. I guess it's because they play. Do they play Monday night? Why are they not on my Matt LaFleur? Jason Lewis says it. Good call in the chat room. Yeah. Matt LaFleur and Green Bay. So I actually think that the top three are going to be LaFleur, McDermott, and Rule. Not in that order necessarily, but those are my top three coaches right now with the Miami guy, depending on what Miami does with no talent. Yeah. So, so they're what playing if Carolina well. finishing with eight wins this year? Is that is it even a question? Like, no. is he even? We got to we got to hit the playoffs. It's got to be playoffs. Okay. The only I, way I, that, if he makes the playoffs, I can see that argument. I just think this early in the year, it's too hard to call. I don't know. I, mean, I feel like if he gets eight two, wins, we, and they're we're three and two, we just beat an Atlanta Falcons that have no Julio Jones, and they and they have that's so a big many deal. We have not close. talked about you know? that tonight. The Carolina yeah, killer I mean, Julio Jones did not play. And hey also, guys, we need guys. I got to do an emergency jump off. I'm gonna be with you guys again on Tuesday night. And uh, we'll chop it up. Follow me at on Twitter at Cody Lack, C O D Y L A C. And um, yeah, peace and love, guys. All right, we're almost done anyway, too. I think we got a couple more calls to go, but keep going with that thought, Greg, as I download this. Well, I mean, it's just, you know, I was talking to somebody in the chat room about earlier. I think it was uh, my nemesis in the chat today, Mr. Ting Ginger. He was talking about. How well we we didn't play with Christian McCaffrey today. Well, that's great. We played with Christian McCaffrey the three, last three years, and they've smashed us. So him, him not being there didn't make a difference about us winning or losing well, in the last three point. years. What that's did a make point. a difference is we played against Julio Jones, who has eaten every time he's played us for the last three years. What he had two hundred fifty yards last year, I think, in a game or two hundred fifty plus yards. Well, he, and, and we in a couple of years I mean, in twenty sixteen, he had three hundred in one game. Yeah, so, so I mean, we don't have that guy against you know playing against us. That does mean something for this win. I like the win. I'm glad we got the win. But let's be realistic about it. We beat an zero and four team who's blown the biggest leads in the NFL history in the last few weeks. Sure, didn't sure. have their star wide receiver and is totally injured. I mean, it's not that. But I mean, well, we gotta win it. Point. We got you. We only only beat seven the, points. Yeah, you got to beat the you know? teams that are on your schedule. Got to beat true. the teams that are on your schedule. But you got to be realistic about it too. We can't know? play different teams, and I, you know what? Is I was not upset when I saw Julio was out. Oh, I wasn't either. <laughs> Even though yeah, you're on so, my fantasy teams, I wasn't I'll either. Take yeah. I'll yeah. take it. I'll take it. I mean. I agree, but I, I also think that it is fair to look at it from this perspective. We also lost our starting cornerback in the first series. Um, we've also lost our. Who we've all uh, talked trash about though. We can't talk trash about him. No, no, when he, when he leaves. No, he's yeah. he's he. What I'm saying is like we've praised him to some degree as well. He's played well the last couple of weeks, but nonetheless, you know, and, and I was saying that we he would be going up against Calvin Ridley, who's been known to burn him. But mm-hmm. nonetheless, let's let's Ridley take that out. He is our starter. We had Troy Pride in there as the alternative, and Troy Pride is not going to necessarily stack up to Dante Jackson right now, right? We didn't mm-hmm. see much out of that. Um, and then we lost Brian Burns early in the second half. 
I mean, there's we lost a I, lot too. Yeah, and I and would say this is I'm with Darius Jones on this. I am with Darius Jones on this. Is I'm not gonna let you do this, Greg, because I'm starting to go because you're reminding that Atlanta's 0 and four and this and that is this is still a division game. Darius Jones points out mm-hmm. that you have a team that is that the Atlanta Falcons are starting to be so bad right now that not only are the coaches play, coaching for their jobs, but the players are playing for their jobs. Matt Ryan being one of them. So this ends. We have not won in Atlanta despite anyone's mm-hmm. health since 2014. I'll, I'll that's a that so all of those there. things is this is that the Panthers are ahead in the division, right? They are mm-hmm. ahead in the division compared to the Falcons. Yeah, is that we got to see what things come out, but we're keeping up. That's a big deal. You can all and you got to beat the people in the division. This was a game. Look, we were not favored by Vegas in this game and i don't want to hear it's because it's at home home field advantage i don't believe home field advantage matters any in a covid nfl anymore unless you're in where was it oklahoma or texas yesterday georgia all these games yesterday were packed the college games it was insane i think this is that um this was a game that the falcons were going to try to get right in and they played hard. They didn't quit out there. Yeah. The Panthers did. And sure, we only put up 23 points, but we didn't have to put up a lot more. We were making the right decisions, grinding the clock down towards the end. So, no, I'm playing up this win. Surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't want to over downplay, but there is an argument, too, that the comp, the teams we have played aren't necessarily as good as we expect them to be. The, the Cardinals are good, but not great. The Falcons are not good. They're tr- terrible. And the Chargers mm-hmm. are good, not great. But well, the Panthers I, 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 are good, not great. That's what we exactly. are. We're good, not exactly. great. And you know what? I, it's great we're not bad. Ooh. <laughs> I can go with the narrative that you guys are saying right now, and I'm fine with that with saying let's not downplay the Atlanta win by talking about how bad Atlanta was. That's fine, but everybody's saying that right now. I don't want to hear anybody talk about the loss to Las Vegas and say, well, Las Vegas might be a better team than we thought they were. No, you can't have it both ways. We can do one or the other. So a lot of people in the chat room are talking about that. Well, I Las Vegas is a better, better, better than But that was also so. week one. Teams can get better. But, but, but see, that's that's putting another caveat, and you can't do that. We, we, you're going to downplay it, like let's, say it's a loss and say it's a win, or add caveats to it to explain well, why. Well, we lost the game we could have won. Let's talk about Atlanta real quick. They Obviously, they've been decimated by injury 100%. That, that part we can all agree on. Mm-hmm. But they also have played, uh, you know, we they who have they played this year? Dallas, Chicago, Carolina, Tampa, or I don't know if they played Tampa Bay. Um, Dallas, Chicago, Carolina, that. The Falcons. Falcons. Green Bay, Dallas, Chicago. Yeah, Green Bay, Dallas, Chicago. Okay, so let's let's talk about something. Green Bay is undefeated. The Bears Mm -hmm. are undefeated. um, And they lost to them narrowly. It wasn't like a blowout win. And then the biggest upset for them is going to be the Cowboys. With their with their loss to them, who are up against the awesome Giants, Which, right the now. Cowboys are are still a better <laughs> team than than their record shows right now. Um, they're just for whatever reason, I'm, I have no idea what's wrong. No, with they're them. back up then, now. Yeah, they're back up. Yeah, the Prescott just called a touchdown pass from a CD Lamb. Actually. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, but so even when you look at it, the Falcons, I mean. I look at it and there are a lot of problems and you know, we want to shit on, I, I'm, I don't like the Falcons and I want the, I, I wish them all the ill will that I possibly can, 
mm-hmm. uh, with their season going, you know, possibly winless. Um, that's fine with me. But I don't know that it was necessarily fair to put it all on Dan Quinn because there were a lot of issues with injuries and things like that that's really hard to overcome when you're missing three of your starting secondary, you're missing two of your top wide receivers or they're you know extremely limited due to injury. I mean, that's a really hard thing to get over. Um, but This again, is not to, Jimmy Garoppolo playing quarterback. Does he wear number three and have blonde curly hair? No, they must have subbed him in because he's thrown two interceptions. Oh, man. No, that's uh, hard. Look, is I think we are getting better from week to week right now. You know, we couldn't stop the run at all in week one. And you know what? We were in all these games. The only game that we really weren't in was the Tampa game. And there was yeah. even an outside chance to get that back in it. Yeah, Atlanta. we were down mm-hmm. by eight, and we were driving. You know, so mm-hmm. there was still an opportunity there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've been happy with this staff. I've been happy with this team. Optim- I've been pleased with it. And I told you, Greg, I didn't think we were going to get – over five right now you you, you should be getting excited that uh i'm gonna be sending you 10 bucks soon well you're actually gonna be sending to me but i'll tell you we're gonna send it later go ahead sorry i'm sending it to you and then you can send it where you want to send it (laughs) (laughs) all right he said he's gonna have you send it i didn't really feel like this is the same same melanity i think they quit but oh well you know Hey, the thing is, man, you got to take advantage I of, do a, think this of a hurt team dog, it man. Felt you gotta, like I mean, mm-hmm. not a hurt dog. Yeah. Kill that. <laughs> you got to take advantage of a um, Yeah, of a you got to put that down, dog and in the they did. kitty pool and electrocute it like get, Mike Vick. You know, about to get fired. I think he is fired. You about to get fired, so peace on. You know, hopefully we hopefully we go on our streak and beat him. You know, same time, man, I, you know, I hope a lot of, you know, I see a lot of, you know, Understandably, a lot of fans are happy, and you know. But I just want to say, man, we, you know, let's take it week by week, man. Let's see how this thing go, man. Because you know, last year we were at the same record, and you know, we end up having to lose. Even though I feel like this is a different team, you know, this is a different year and everything. You know, me, I just like to like to wait the week ten with week ten through a um, week seventeen just to see how things. You know, see how the team holds up. So, you know, hopefully everything yeah. goes. You know, hopefully, you know, those boys held up. You know, and stay competing. Yeah, right. it's a week yeah. to week, man. Hey, we won this week. It might not be the same next week or the week after. I hope it is against the Bears. All of a sudden, we'd be what five and two. Would four that be right? Two. No, four and two. Four and two. That yeah. would be great news. All right, last call of the night. Uh, let's see what they got. What's up, C3? It's Run DMC Lovato. Daddy, I'm going to force you right now. I'm going to turn you into a <laughs> Matt Rule believer, okay? Right now with this Please do simple it. question. All right, you have that Ron Rivera PTSD built into your system, bro. You're just scared to believe. <laughs> I get it, man. It's okay, though. I promise you, all the rest of us we believe in, we want to bring you on to this other side, man. Just get, get across that, right. that depression in your mind of that Ron Rivera PTSD soldier, okay? It's going to be all right. I'll give you some of that medicine for you, bro. <laughs> but here's a, here's a question I want to ask you. With this roster on paper at the beginning of the season, tell me five other coaches – okay, maybe not five other coaches. Tell me ten other coaches who could get this roster to where it's at right now. This roster was bottom three in the league on paper, okay? 
And that role is coaching it up, developing his players, mm. calling the right plays, teaching this team, teaching the offensive line how to block. He was a former offensive line coach for the Giants, okay? This dude knows how to coach every position on the field. Tell me another coach, five other coaches who can get this roster to where it's at. Just tell me. Tell me if you can name ten, ten other coaches. There's not. This Our coach right now is a top – put him top five coach right now. Wow. Okay. That might sound okay. crazy, but – that does sound think, a little think, crazy. Tell me otherwise, man. Like, you, you, are afraid to you guys were just saying he's coach of the year. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that yeah, doesn't yeah. mean he's top Contact. five coach. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's like here is like I'm ready to let I, – I want him to earn his stripes. What I think what Tyler could re- refine his question a little bit is to say is this, is tell me another coach – that can do it with this roster in this type of way. And what I mean by that is the young roster. See, like, I don't think Ron Rivera can coach this team because no, he doesn't like playing with young players. I think there's uh, other coaches that, you know, might be able to do something with this roster or might be able to do something that, but would need more defensive stopping power, need more offensive stopping power. I think this is that what we're seeing is Matt Rule and this staff do well. And the players are playing well. And they they can only do so much. The coaching staff can only do so much. The players got to play. And they're playing this year so far through some adversity, through I think they got an underdog mentality, and I think it's working. And so overall, I don't think that Ron Rivera would with this team would be any good. I do believe that. Well, I want to. I want to know, and I'm not saying you're wrong, but I want to know. Not you. Uh, the caller was wrong. I want to know where the stats were that we were a bottom three. Uh, uh, well, team one, this year we had. We didn't the, have any play. We had like no well, players that we knew. Like but, we didn't okay, have but, but, any. Like I, I would say this is that we didn't have a single Pro Bowler on our defense. There you go. Okay. Okay. But, but, but not I mean, a single Pro offense, Bowler on our defense. Watch. Offense, um, all right, the best and... player on your offense is the one guy, Christian McCaffrey. He t- well, is that let's... outside of him? There's been no Pro Bowls on that offense. Zero. Okay, at the begin at the beginning of the season, I know that Carolina was not ranked 30th, 31st, or 32nd when they were, everybody was talking about oh, Robbie yeah. Anderson, DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, Teddy yeah, Bridgewater. And if you want to compare it to last year's defense, we were one of the worst defenses last year. So if we end up finishing six and ten or seven and nine this year. Guess who could have coached his team the exact we same We were at the damn bottom. because he did it last year. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, we, were the we were at the bottom of power rankings. We were at the bottom of power rankings. Yeah, we were. We were. We were bottom. Maybe like, we the were, Jets like, were about below us, and that's it. Yeah, we even after game one against uh, against the Raiders, I think we had lost. Like we went down to like like thirty thirty one. I think we were down there on the on the very low part of it. Like and sure our talent him. again, and part of it was just not even knowing who we had. Like just they're just all team. new. True. They're all new. Yeah. Uh, NFL had us at twenty nine. Jason Lewis says uh, starting so, the season or yeah. or yeah okay starting the season yeah um yeah we were one of the worst defensive teams with no defensive players right so like I mean, there's only one way when you're at the bottom and that's either to stay where you're at or to climb up and we're climbing up. I want to look is I'm very impressed with the staff and I was uh, and and what I mean by that is they had a lot to prove and they still have a lot to prove. It's not over, but we and this is something that Cody said in the in the past CK I mean is that the stage hasn't looked too big. 
mm-hmm. that's a good thing. All right. That's yeah. the C3 Panthers post-game show. Smack that thumbs up button. Um, tell a friend about the show, and let's go ahead and pass out our game ball, our dab on them pick. I don't have the music cue, so we're going to go up, go ahead and give it to you. My number I'm just going to, the low, lowest hanging fruit is the bulldozer himself, Mike Davis. And somebody else better pick Robbie Anderson because he's had a ton of catches and yards through five. But Mike Davis just playing angry and hurting people. Uh, he gets my game ball today. Big, big plays and big time moments. Uh, and they weren't easy yards all the time. And he would get three or four more. We were busting off eight at a clip at times. Mike Davis, and thanks to this offensive line and his tenacity, gets my game ball today. Who's up next? Um, I'll, I'll do mine. Yeah, I'll Go do ahead. mine. Uh, Curtis Samuel, 100%. Like, we can we can dog on his numbers all day, which I don't think he had terrible numbers today. But he's he's done – he has been asked to do more on this team than – I mean, basically he's been asked to be Christian McCaffrey on this team to some effect. He mm-hmm. wants you to block. He wants you to receive. They want you to run the ball as well. So uh, – and, and he has done that pretty effectively – you know, we saw him, like I said, I mean, we could talk about the three third down conversions he had early in the game. Um, and then we could talk about the run, uh, the, the, his, his ability to run up the, up the middle and still get some yards after contact. Um, is he Mike Davis? No, don't get me wrong, but he was still able to make some progress there. Uh, and then uh, secondly, and, and this is, I think, the most important on this team, is when DJ Moore was sprinting down the sideline he came up with the one block that was going to make sure he got that touchdown. And that was Curtis Samuel. And that is him fighting. He's fighting all the way down the field to make sure he's blocking. Now you could sit here and say every wide receiver will do that. I've seen plenty of wide receivers not get the ball and just stop running. Plenty of them. And then, but you you see Curtis Samuel doing that. I'm going to give it to Curtis Samuel because I think that uh, he has had a big impact on this game today, even though he may not get a lot of credit for it. Okay. Uh, Tony, I would say Robbie Anderson because I know you want somebody to say that, but he really didn't even outplay DJ Moore today. I think they had the same amount of yards and DJ Moore a touchdown. Um, so I'm going to say the offensive line. Uh, it's progressively looked better each week. Maybe that has to do with Matt Rule being an offensive line coach, and I hope it is. And if he's improving the line, that's great. That's what I want to see is I want to see you know, prove me wrong. I, I, I want to be wrong in the situation. Offensive line looks really good. I was watching a few plays today where Teddy Bridgewater just had all – day long to throw the ball opening up holes for a player like mike davis who is not on the level of christian mccaffrey but is putting numbers up there very similar because we have a good offensive line uh, i think this is what is going to improve our team the most is getting better in the trenches defense and defensive and offensive line offensive line is, is crushing it right now so for me it's just them today offensive line play really well all right, uh, that's the C3 Panthers post-game show. We're live Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. You can call in from now until then and during the show at 252-228-5098. You can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. Greg, how can they get up with you? Oh, man, you can find me at the TheBatDaddy52 on Twitter or check out uh, the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network, Podcast Network. Got a few shows on there. We're doing seven days a week. You can find me anywhere there. And real quick, I wanted to put a plug in. I'll throw the uh, the um, link for it in the chat on Tuesday. We're doing a, well, Geekverse Alliance Podcast is doing a 24-hour live stream charity event on the 7th of November where you can donate. All the proceeds go to the BC Children's Hospital, which is the British Columbia Children's Hospital in Canada. 
Um, you know, they're trying to raise over $1,500. Last year, they almost made it there. They're going to make it there this year. I'm gonna, Like I said, I'll put the link in the chat if you guys have any uh, – Want to donate any kind of money to a good cause? Um, there you go. Uh, you know, Bernard Children's or BC Children's Hospital. It's a great cause. So check it out. And CK. Yeah, you can find me uh, streaming most nights on on Facebook Gaming at Cody yeah. Allen or on Twitter or Instagram. You can find me there as well. Um, come uh, come hang out. We've been playing a lot of this horror game called Phasmophobia. It's pretty uh, pretty fun. Wednesdays, picking with the professor, scouting the opponent, and we're getting better. Look, the post-game show has been great today. Lots of calls, lots of callers, lots of breakdown, and we did it under two hours. We'll see if we can get that long-form podcast on Tuesday under three. If so, it's a win, 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 and three wins in a row makes a streak like the Carolina Panthers. I hope the Atlanta Falcons uh, continue to stink, and until then, keep pounding. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.